Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we're back. Another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we are here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Guess what? It's time for another Beyond the News episode. Yes, I absolutely love these episodes. I'm a huge fan of Beyond the News. Why? Because there's no pressure. There, there never actually is pressure. Pressure is a strong word, but it is very casual. We look over these strange and surreal, unusual news stories that we found and we talk about them. It's really fun. I love to do it. And I just get to really stretch out and just get comfortable and just be myself. I'm always myself, but I just get to be even more myself, more comfortable. There's not a subject, a focus. It's us getting to experience these news articles together, including the one and only from Vital Force Herbs, ladies and gentlemen, Bryn Anderson. Yeah. Hello, Bryn. Hey. How are you? Hey. Doing good. <laughs> Did you have a lot of fun digging up news articles today? Yeah. Seemed pretty hyped. Did it good. Sweet. Sweet. It was fun. <laughs> yes, it was uh, incredible. We, we uh, found some really good articles, and we're going to share them with the audience. But first, before we get to that, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com and check out Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil available on the market. There are so many CBD products. It's, it's absolutely incredible how many products and derivative products are out there, drinks and creams. There's no other product like this because it was developed with the HIT extraction method, a proprietary extraction method that no other company has. It was developed by Howard HIT, a.k.a. Big H, and it extracts the CBD from the hemp with no chemicals, no solvents, no gases, nothing unnatural was used to create this product. And guess what? This is week three of this incredible offer. I need you to stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing and listen to what I say right now. They are giving away bottles of Blue Cobra CBD oil. This is the last week that they're doing it. A free bottle with free shipping included. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to give your credit card information. All you have to do is email Howard Hint directly at bluecobracbd at gmail.com. Give him a valid shipping address and he will send you one bottle. He decided to close it out this week. He's been sending them out all over the country. Unfortunately, international listeners, this only applies to the continental 
48 states of the United States. I'm sorry, but you can still order. Check your local laws, of course. But this is the last chance. Perhaps Howard's THC experience or wherever he went with his spirit, he had a vision quest. He went to learn more about himself, and in the process, he felt compelled to give away free bottles. And he still feels compelled, but it's coming to an end. And this is the last week to take advantage of this. So please go to bluecobracbd.com and find the section where the contact information is located. There you will find the email to email Howard Hit directly. I'm going to tell you the email. It's bluecobracbd at gmail.com. If you're listening to this and you have not got your free bottle, do that. It's 100% organic. The hemp, some of these CBD companies with their CBD oil, look, they're getting it from China with unethical practices growing this hemp. You don't know what pesticides they used. You don't know what fertilizers they used. You don't know anything about what's coming from overseas. But we know exactly what's in 100% organ-grown, organic hemp. We know exactly what's in that. We know there's no pesticides in it, and that is what he's using. That's why, again, this is so incredible that this product exists. Please get your free bottle, bluecobracbd at gmail.com. Get a free bottle and enjoy it. And there's no requirements there's no responsibilities other than try it if you want to you could put it on display if you just like the bottle it's a beautiful bottle so please email howard hit get that free bottle valued at 35.95 and then 39.95 with shipping normally but in this case it's 0.00 dollars if you haven't got this already if you haven't taken advantage of this you have to do this right now. It takes 30 seconds. Pull out your phone. Send an email. Get on your laptop or desktop. Send an email to bluecobracbd at gmail.com. This is the last week. Get your free bottle. And when you're done with that, of course, we always ask every episode for you to follow us on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. If you follow us there, you get up-to-date information, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you go to get your podcasts, there's a button that you click and it connects us, and then you know exactly what's going on. Bryn's looking at me. She's wondering if I was going to break out into song there. She's, she's not sure. I thought you were. I really was <laughs> like, wait. And don't forget. I'm sorry. When did you do Broadway? Uh, that was a different lifetime, perhaps. Okay. Uh, I have to call William Bukowski at the Portland Psychic School and figure that out. Um, but lastly, of course, is to tell a friend about Midnight on Earth, people that you know that like these types of podcasts. Things happen because of word of mouth, because you care. You invest your loving energy to sharing you're sharing and caring and in a way that's very daring <laughs> thank you for doing that midnight on all right now we're gonna dig in to the beyond the news episode which i love so much because i've cultivated these stories from around earth's news feed but first wait hold on hold my horses 
Hold my cosmic horses, whenever they are. Hold myself, the cosmic self. Hold the hell on for a second. Because one of our listeners is a musician, and he loves this podcast. His name is Corvus, C-O-R-V-U-S, and he sent me a message via Instagram, and he wanted to write a song for Midnight on Earth because he was compelled to create as he listened to these inspiring podcasts and funny and interesting and all the things that we bring to the table here. He felt inspired. He wanted to write this song. And ladies and gentlemen, he was nice enough to title the song Midnight on Earth, which, wow, I'm super excited about that. And guess what? Before we get to the Beyond the News segment, where I go over these stories, like I said, we're going to listen to Corvus's song, Midnight on Earth. I'm so honored that another human I have yet to meet in the third dimension, but we connected, that another human is creating and being inspired by this podcast and and the guests that are on here. I just feel super honored. So we're going to listen to his song right now. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's about two and a half minutes long. It's called, well, I already told you what it's called, but yet again, Midnight on Earth by Corvus. Oh, 
Corvus with Midnight on Earth. That was awesome. That was incredible. It was atmospheric, had down-tempo elements of lo-fi feelings, a kind of way spooky. And you yeah. can find him. His Instagram is at Corvus. Again, that's C-O-R-V-U-S. Corvus Music Official. He wrote a song for us. Thank you, Corvus, you amazing human being. And uh, he has an album out, Autumnal, without the A. It's A-U-T-U-M-N-L. It's on all the platforms. Spotify, just like us, Apple Music, the not podcast. Autumnal, is that what you said? Autumnal, yeah. Oh, cool. And Corvus, I think that's Latin for Crow. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. I, I just learned something today. <laughs> Corvus, thank you so much. That song was so incredible. It, it was invoked feeling in me. So thank you for sharing. And if there's anyone else out there that's listening that is a creator and would like to submit something to be shared with our worldwide audience, I would like to announce officially that we are now reaching 103 countries, Midnight on Earth has spread its tentacles through 103 different countries here on good old planet earth. So Corvus's music is getting out there and, and anyone else that would like to have their art or music shared poetry. Are you a slam poet? Let's hear it. Just send it to me. Contact at midnight on earth.com. Go to the website, midnight on earth.com. Send me something. And I'll, play it we can talk about it okay now we can get back to beyond the news which i love to do love talking about it i love talking about how i love to do it because do you love talking i love talking (laughs) i have the gift of gab for better or for worse depending on where you're at on my uh, conversation spectrum am i happy with you am i unhappy with you my gift of gab could be a gift of stab it just depends. I'm just kidding. So we're going to go through these stories. Again, these are stories that have been cultivated from various sources around the internet, magazines and various website news sites, various news agencies and websites, things like that. So I guess I'm just going to go for it. Are you ready, Brandon? Is there anything that you want to say before we get into this uh, Beyond the News segment? Uh, only did you see the incredible fall colors today in the Pacific Northwest of the uh, United States, like out of control. I love suddenly fall the fall the colors, Northwest. the blue sky, the red and orange and crimson leaves. Um, anyway, that made my day today. It Other was than that, I'm ready. Beautiful to see those colors. You're absolutely right. Okay. So I guess let's just fire the rocket. Here we go. And this is from scitechdaily.com this is our first article beyond the news segment headline strange radio signals from the heart of the milky way galaxy tantalize scientists well that's what it takes to tantalize them eh here we go a variable signal aligned to the direction of the galactic center is tantalizing scientists Astronomers have discovered unusual signals coming from the direction of the Milky Way's center. The radio waves fit no currently understood pattern of variable radio source and could suggest a new class of stellar object. Interesting. 
Here's a quote. The strangest property of this new signal is that it has a very high polarization. This means its light oscillates in only one direction, but that direction rotates with time, said Zetang Wang, lead author of the new study and a PhD student in the School of Physics at the University of Sydney. The brightness of the object also varies dramatically by a factor of 100 and the signal switches on and off apparently at random. We've never seen anything like it, he said. At first, we thought it could be a pulsar, a very dense type of spinning dead star, or else a type of star that emits huge solar flares. But the signals from this new source don't match what we expect from these type of celestial objects. The scientists plan to keep a close eye on the object to look for more clues as to what it might be. Wow, so very interesting. There's something out there, some object emitting signals from the heart of the Milky Way galaxy. Incredible. What do you think it could be, Bryn? Uh, let's see. Um, it could be a really awesome radio station. Radio alien. Uh-huh. K-L- K-A-L-N <laughs> is your latest public radio. radio. <laughs> okay, next article. Dailymail.co.uk Headline. Chances of alien life in our galaxy are much more likely than first thought, scientists claim, as they find young stars teeming with organic molecules. The search for life beyond Earth may have just taken a huge leap forward as scientists have detected rich reservoirs of large organic molecules around young stars in our galaxy. These organic molecules resulted in life on Earth and are 100 times more abundant than previously thought, according to research led by the University of Leeds. Co-principal investigator Dr. Catherine Walsh of Leeds University said the same ingredients needed for seeding life and our planet are also found around other stars. Ooh, it's possible the molecules needed to kickstart life are readily available in all planet forming environments, she said. Wow, that's really interesting. Biologists believe the first life on Earth was based on RNA, a nucleus clinic acid similar to dna one of the doctors working on the project says a process similar to the initiation of life on earth could also happen there bombardment by asteroids and comets transfers the large organic molecules to the newly formed planets the researchers next plan to want to search for even more complex molecules in the protoplanetary disks wow that's incredible so they're finding these pre-planets around these young galaxies and they have all the same building blocks for life that we theorize because we don't actually know, right? But right. based on the evidence, we hypothesize, theorize, and maybe even extrapolate. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> um, to determine that that could be happening right there. And if that's the case, it probably is. If that's the case, it just shows yet again that there's infinite life out there because the processes that are surrounding how life is 
created on these planets are all the same. They're all right there. So there you go. It would make sense in a macrocosmic way that the ingredients for life would be readily, readily available, just like the ingredients for everything on earth is readily available. It just needs to be, whether it's changed or combined or decomposed or transmuted or, or whatnot into a, you know, something that we need here. It just kind of makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And actually, that's something I talked about with Franco Peters, who's going to be featured on next week's episode of Midnight on Earth. Though the interview's already recorded, we talked about that exact thing. Nice. So tapping into that there, Bryn, wow. So here's our next story. Military.com headline. Air Force veterans who are UFO true believers return to newly attentive Washington. Yeah, now the climate shifting. So now they're back to talk about their UFO experiences. Here we go. Three aging Air Force veterans came to Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to again tell their strange and extraordinary stories. A fourth veteran was piped into the National Press Club conference by video feed from the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. Each veteran story is different, but all share one central claim. In the 1960s, UFOs tampered with nuclear weapons managed by the Air Force, both terrifying and mystifying the airmen who experienced the encounters. Some remained silent for decades, they say. And none has captured the attention of Washington, even as reports of Navy encounters with unknown flying objects have splashed across national headlines and pushed UFOs back into the political mainstream for the first time in decades. And here's a quote. I waited four years before I opened my mouth, and that's a long time, said David Schindel, a retired captain who served as a nuclear missile launch control officer at Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota. I had this terrible secret on my mind for all that time. I'm going to be a voice actor now. Here we go. I had a terrible secret on my mind for all that time. And I felt such great relief to finally admit to my friends and close relatives what I experienced in the Air Force. How'd I do? What did you think? Was that good? That sounded like like retired Air Force guy holding secrets? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I can, I'll say potentially. <laughs> Other accounts, such as the story told by veteran Robert Salas of a glowing red-orange craft hovering at the gate of a Minutemen intercontinental ballistic missile silo in Montana, have been told for decades and folded into the growing universe of UFO lore. Salas was part of a similar press conference in the same downtown press club in 2010. Whether Salas, Shindell, and other Air Force veterans who have made similar claims will succeed in convincing others to take their assertion seriously remains a question mark. But here we go with more people coming out and, and saying that they've had these experiences. We've always known anyone that has put two and two together could see that they've been softening us to these concepts. And the people that have worked in the military that have closer contact with these experiences are coming out because they're just human beings. You know, they're just people that happen to be at a place and they're assuming a role. They have a job. They're a military person. See UFO. They have a contact experience or they get exposed to some of the technology. It's kind of hard to hold on to that for so long. Jeez. Okay. 
Because <laughs> they take things seriously. Like, listen to this one. Okay, here we go. This is from LiveScience.com. Headline, Siege of Top Secret Area 51 began as a joke, but officials prepared to use deadly force in response. Do you remember that in 2019? Uh Everybody did that thing on, I think it was like all the social media platforms where they wanted to storm Area 51. A a lot of people went down there. I think it was just before the COVID thing took off. And uh, yeah, so it turns out if that actually did happen, they were just going to have machine guns come out of the sand and just mow everybody down. Okay. Well, let's, or not, let's see what they said. When a UFO enthusiast posted an event on Facebook about storming the military base known as area 51, he meant it as a joke. However, it was no laughing matter to federal and state law enforcement who readied a lethal response to prevent revelers from breaching the off limits area records recently revealed. Area 51 is a U.S. Air Force installation in southern Nevada's Groom Lake, a salt flat about 80 miles northwest of Las Vegas. For decades, the base's remote location and restricted access have fueled speculation about military officials performing secret experiments on extraterrestrials there and storing evidence of alien visitors and UFOs. The general public is Barred from visiting Area 51, but during the summer of 2019, a Facebook event titled Storm Area 51, They Can't Stop All of Us, <laughs> Enti- <laughs> enticed nearly 2 million people to sign up for a raid on the base to take place on September 20th. The massive scale of the proposed event raised alarms at local and federal levels, according to government communications that were recently obtained by Rolling Stone. Wow. The plan for Storm Area 51, according to the Facebook post, was for attendees to gather in the Nevada desert near Area 51, charge the gates at sunrise, and then once inside, see them aliens and possibly conduct an extraterrestrial rescue operation. But law enforcement agencies were not amused and they prepared accordingly. Uh And here's a quote. A certain portion of the participants may be armed and could expect armed conflict, read the Nevada Department of Public Safety Investigation Division's operational plan. Man, that was a mouthful. For the Storm Area 51 events. The 2019 document was obtained by the nonpartisan government transparency group, Property of the People, and then shared with Rolling Stone. Hundreds of pages detail law enforcement agencies' plans, situation reports, descriptions of transport for Area 51 employees, and maps of all entrances. Wow, sounds like they did take it seriously. They were ready. The document also describes several unnamed YouTubers' attempts to track employees as they entered the base, according to Rolling Stone. Wow! And if they got too out of control, two million people, two million machine guns. <laughs> or they have like an alien space laser, right? That just, yeah, maybe. or they hit the teleport button. Two million people are now in a different reality where dinosaurs still rule the earth or something like that. They really didn't want people to see what was going on there, huh? <sighs> you know, no, they didn't. Let's go to our next article. <laughs> and this is again from the independent.co.uk. And This is about Demi Lovato, the singer, very famous singer. And she's coming out. 
the new coming out as a alien experiencer. 2021, you can tell people. Headline, Demi Lovato claims they had a beautiful and incredible, quotes, UFO encounter with, quotes, floating blue orb. You know, we do talk about orbs on this show. Right, Virginia Hummel? And here we go. Demi Lovato has revealed that they had a beautiful encounter with aliens in Joshua Tree, California. The singer made the claims during a recent interview with E! News. Here's her quote. We went out into the desert in Joshua Tree, and I basically saw this blue orb that was about 50 feet away, maybe less, said Lovato. It was kind of floating above the ground, just like 10 or 15 feet, and it was keeping its distance from me. The 29-year-old described the moment as a beautiful and incredible experience that changed the way they see the world. You have an inkling and then all of a sudden that inkling is confirmed, said Lovato. It changes your reality for sure. So that's just one more, you know, pop culture famous person saying that they had this encounter and she's actually about to release a documentary about alien phenomena this week. So take a look out for that if you're into those things like I know you are (laughs) or you wouldn't be here. Let's go to our next article. We're in the UFO vein still. This is from vice.com. Here's the headline. Passenger and military jets both report seeing a UFO over eastern Canada. On the night of July 30th, a Canadian military and KLM Royal Dutch Airlines flight reported a UFO over the Gulf of St. Lawrence. According to an aviation incident report posted on the night of August 11th, Both flights reported seeing a bright green flying object that flew into a cloud, then disappeared in a stretch of open water between Quebec and Newfoundland. The KLM passenger flight was traveling from Boston to Amsterdam, while the Canadian military transport aircraft was flying between CFB Trenton, a base in Ontario, and Cologne, Germany. A few other details were made available in the reports, which appeared in Cater's, the Canadian government's flight incident archive. And Canada's Air Force says they have no intent or need to investigate this incident further. There's nothing to indicate that what the crew saw posed any kind of safety risk to the aircraft, they added. We believe that they saw something. They would not have filed a report otherwise. KLM Airlines did not immediately respond to a request for comment a spokesperson from Nav Canada, the private company that operates Canada's air traffic control system and whose employees would have received the initial reports, told Vice World News that there is no additional Nav Canada information available for these events. In all statements relating to its aviation reporting system, Transport Canada cautions the reports contain preliminary unconfirmed data which can be subject to change. Well, they had a UFO sighting. It was military. It was uh, civilian. I don't know. what do they, do they say civilian in Canada? Is it something else? I think it's civilian. It's still civilian? Or is so. this like civilian A? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, next article is from LiveScience.com. Headline, Alien Abduction Stories May Come from Lucid Dreaming, Study Hints. Lucid dreaming, in which people are partially aware and can control their dreams during sleep, could explain so-called alien abduction stories, a study suggests. Claims of such abductions date to the 19th century. The circumstances of the kidnappings often sound dreamlike and trigger feelings of terror and paralysis. Certain dream states are also known to produce such feelings, leading Russian researchers to wonder if dream experiments could provide clues about alleged extraterrestrial experiences. The scientists prompted lucid dreamers to dream about encounters with aliens or UFOs and found that a number of sleepers reported dreams that resembled actual descriptions of alleged alien abductions. During lucid dreams, sleepers are aware they are dreaming and can use that awareness to manipulate what happens in the dream. About 55% of people experience lucid dreaming once or more in their lifetimes, and 23% have lucid dreams at least once a month, according to a 2016 study in the journal Consciousness and Cognition that analyzed five decades worth of sleep research. Feelings of paralysis, fear, and helplessness in vivid dreams can be so powerful that they blur the line between dreams and reality, so it's no wonder that people who may have unknowingly been dreaming instead insist that they actually met with aliens who stole them away and transported them to UFOs, said head researcher and founder Michael Raduga. Wow. Pretty amazing. Could be. Have you ever had a lucid dream, Brit? I think that I did when I was younger. I can't really think of one I've had recently where I was. Yeah, no. Okay, here's our next article. Okay, headline. This is from WKTV.com. NASA's Lucy mission has launched to explore never before seen asteroids. Did you hear about this? This just happened, Brent. I did not hear about this yet. Here we go. The first NASA mission that will fly by a total of eight ancient asteroids has launched on its ambitious journey. Weather conditions were greater than 90% favorable Saturday morning when the Lucy mission lifted off from Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Oh, they changed the name. Hmm. Cape Canaveral Space Force Station at 5.34 a.m. The launch team confirmed that they received a signal from the spacecraft confirming it was safe and healthy just after 7 a.m. and that Lucy successfully deployed its impressive solar arrays. Lucy will embark on a 12-year mission to explore Jupiter's Trojan asteroid swarms. Whoa. which have never been observed. The Trojan asteroids, which borrow their name from Greek mythology, orbit the sun in two swarms, one that's ahead of Jupiter and a second one that lags behind it. Did you know about Jupiter's 
Asteroid swarms? Wow. Well, they're looking for, I bet, they're looking for minerals. They're looking for the right. platinum, the gold. They want to be able to mine those asteroids. Mm -hmm. And they're sending out these probes. But they're sending out one that's the most modern technology. It actually took a team of more than 500 engineers and scientists to conceptualize and build the spacecraft. And Lucy will be NASA's first mission to travel this far away from the sun without nuclear power. Wow. Oh, wow. It said sun arrays. Is it solar power? It is solar powered, but they are having currently in this like very up to the minute information as of whatever today is. October 21st. 21st. They're having uh, problems deploying one of the solar parachute type things. The, oh, there's okay. one on the left side, one on the right side. One of them is having trouble opening. So that's happening right now. Hopefully they get that fixed. But yeah, so they're going to explore these asteroids. Look for that gold, that mineral. That's why cryptocurrency is going to be what we use as a store of value. We need something. And these minerals aren't going to be rare anymore. None of them. None of them. And we're going to talk about cryptocurrency a little bit later. But first, we're going to go to newsweek.com. And the headline, the sun could be dragging earth through a vast cosmic tunnel space. I feel oh. like that sometimes. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you ever feel like you're being dragged through a cosmic tunnel? Because Sometimes I do. Sometimes I actually feel like I'm in a cosmic tunnel. But here we go. New research suggests that the Earth, the Sun, and the solar system could be traveling through a highly magnetized tunnel in space. If correct, the theory could explain the appearance in the sky of two rope-like structures in the Milky Way whose origins are currently uncertain. What are, what are these rope-like ro rope -like structures? Are they sending out that radio signal? <sighs> they connected those two possible? You never know. The North Polar Spur, described by NASA as the most spectacular coherent structure in the soft X-ray sky, okay, and the fan region are two of the brightest radio-emitting gas structures seen in the night sky. Hmm. Astronomers have long been puzzled by what these structures are. If our eyes could see radio light, they would fill most of the sky. Really interesting. Oh, that's kind of fascinating to think about. So this tunnel, we're just in it. It's pulling us through space, perhaps. <laughs> where, I'm, where are we going? The authors believe this new suggestion could help explain the increasingly common discovery of radio bright rope-like structures and could give us a better handle on magnetism in the wider Milky Way. Here's a quote. These very nearby structures also provide context to help understand similar non-thermal filamentary structures that are increasingly being observed with modern radio telescopes. This new unified approach to tackling the mysteries of filamentary structures in the Milky Way required a different look at our galaxy from a new angle, both figuratively and literally. So they're Showing us again that humanity's knowledge is ever evolving, ever changing. How we perceive one thing will one day be completely different than how we perceive it now. It's just really interesting how human knowledge consistently develops. And now they're saying, hey, 
we could be a part of this gaseous radio emitting structure that's pulling us through the solar system just another layer but you can't see it it's it's that's outside wild. of yeah the human vision spectrum hope hopefully the radio waves are putting out something good now it's time to move on to one of our favorite subjects here on midnight on earth psychedelics and plant medicines and all the great things that come out of that experience so we're going to read a few articles in that realm we're going to start with mentalhealthtoday.co.uk and here's the headline small pharma's first phase clinical trials prove promising for dmt assisted therapy in december of 2020 pharmaceutical companies small pharma and Imperial College London Center for Psychedelic Research announced they would be conducting the world's first clinical trials testing DMT's effectiveness in treating major depressive disorders that have been underserved by traditional SSRI treatment. The initial findings on the mechanistic effects of DMT by the Center for psychedelic research have been very informative in terms of how DMT works. But what does this research uncover about the practicality of DMT assisted therapy? What does it indicate about the future potential of DMT as a therapeutic treatment? This is from Dr. Rutledge about how Imperial College London became their partner in the trials and about small pharma's history with psychedelics as a treatment for mental disorders. Here's the quote. I've been at small pharma for just under a year and a half now and small pharma's choice of DMT being the first psychedelic that they wanted to develop was made before I got here, but we can talk about the reasons for this selection later because of the experience that the center for psychedelic research has not just with DMT, but all psychedelics and particularly in terms of the mechanistic studies they have conducted it just made a lot of sense to partner with imperial so they are advising on the study both in terms of our better understanding of dmt and then also in terms of the therapy protocol that is wrapped around the pharmaceutical so just like we talked about last beyond the news episode there's a whole new maybe even billion dollar investment going into the dmt industry they're saying it's a, now a thing, a DMT industry and small pharma is just one of the companies that we talked about and now they get to do clinical trials and other people have been granted clinical trials for things like MDMA. I think other people maybe have for DMT as well, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. And here's what they say about small pharma's plans for the future. Dr. Rutledge said, too early to say, yes, we do have other interests, but don't quite know what they are yet. Also, we've chemically modified our DMT molecule to give it a slightly different profile. Interesting. Interesting. What does that mean? I don't know. One of the arguments around DMT is that it might be too short to treat some mental health disorders in that a patient may not be able to go through their whole journey during the experience. So we found a way to potentially extend it. I'm not meaning extending it to three hours, but just slightly. In addition, modifying DMT means you have the potential to administrate it via a different route. So instead of intravenously, it could be orally administered or inhaled. 
Uh, we, bro, <laughs> wait, we, we, can we you, already know about can that you in, Can you inhale DMT? So that will be our next watch this space, he says. Uh, yes, bro, okay. just FYI, we've already figured out how to inhale DMT. <laughs> Uh, I, I know you're, you're maybe your dog. You've only seen a DMT drip, my friend, Doctor Rutledge. But uh, uh, yeah, just FYI, there. my friend. Um, I was wondering. You know, they said they altered it. That's interesting. I wonder uh, they looked at some of. That's like a Shulgin thing. That's what I was just gonna say. I wonder if they looked at some of Shulgin's work oh, yeah. or yeah, the spirit of Shulgin survives. Yeah, for sure. And as DMT becomes even more and more and more mainstream. They're going to be talking about it in like like some mainstream TV sitcom. I've, I'm not a fan of sitcoms. I'm not going to tell you why. It's going to waste a bunch of time. <laughs> but I will tell you, if you see them talking about, or a character, I should say, talking about DMT in a sitcom, tell me about it. Like ABC, NBC, CBS. Right. If, if you're a watcher, I want to know show. because that's when you know. That's when you know we've crossed the threshold. So this is from iflscience.com, meaning I freaking love science. And the headline is 5-M-E-O-D-M-T, the psychedelic toad secretion that makes you enter the void. Amid increasing interest in the therapeutic properties of psychedelics, researchers have recently turned their attention to a mind-altering compound called 5-M-A-O-D-M-T. Found in the gland secretions of the Sonoran Desert Toad, 5-M-E-O-D-M-T, has yet to be studied fully in clinical trials, yet a new paper in the Journal of Psychopharmacology has highlighted the unique effects of this potent psychedelic, revealing how those who ingest it tend to enter an existential void. Well, that's interesting. You know, it's like there's sticking this information in people's brains or putting it in people's consciousness. Here's a little bit more describing the effects of the drug. The researchers say it has an extremely fast onset when smoked, reaching a peak intensity after a couple of minutes and producing a trip that lasts around 15 to 20 minutes when snorted. The effects are typically less extreme and persist for slightly longer. I've never done that before nor but i want to though i do know that in some tribal cultures they do have a dmt snuff oh right don't they, they do. blow it i think i've seen something about like they blow it from one like one person holds one end and then they blow it into the other person's nostrils have you seen that i have heard something similar yeah and i don't know if it was somehow, DMT or something i think else, it though. is no i think it is and uh somehow that works you know it hits the the brain in a certain way. And we talked, like I said, about the emerging DMT industry and the different companies that were introducing themselves. If you listen and go back to the last beyond the news episode. So this is from businesswire.com. And this is one of those companies headline. Cybin like psilocybin. Cybin announces completion of 74 preclinical psychedelic molecule studies. The company expects to hold a research and development event to review these breakthrough findings in Q4 2021 that will be open to the public, shareholders, analysts, and the media. All right, I'm in. <laughs> okay, here we go. Cybin 
a biotechnology company focused on progressing psychedelic therapeutics, today announced the completion of its 74th preclinical study as it continues to progress its proprietary psychedelic molecules into investigational new drug enabling studies. Sybin's research and development team has completed 74 in vitro and in vivo evaluations of Sybin's expanding portfolio of psychedelic compounds being designed for potential therapeutic applications for several mental health conditions. To date, more than 50 novel compounds have been evaluated through collaborations with experienced contract research organizations for pharmacokinetic, pharmacodynamic profile, metabolic stability, receptor binding, and safety in order to identify preferred candidates for further development. That's crazy. So they're creating their own new compounds. Just like again, <laughs> I was just gonna say, Simon, like what we were Shulgin. just talking about it rhymes, kind of. You know, maybe wow. he's there beyond the and grave. They've done um, seventy-four pre-trial studies. They're they're trying it out on people. People are trying these new substances. Holy banana pants! Fascinating. Here's our next article from Vox.com. Headline: Startups are. Betting on a psychedelic gold rush. Oh, looks like here's another one of those companies. A startup called Field Trip is opening clinics where they administer ketamine treatments. Other psychedelics like MDMA and psilocybin may follow. Oh, we talked about that way back in the Portland Psychedelic Society episode about how that's happening here in Portland. But here we go. For a long time, Chase Tuning had wanted to try a new type of psychotherapy that uses ketamine, a dissociative anesthetic that's shown promise as a mental health treatment. Tuning, a veteran who has had several recreational experiences with MDMA and psilocybin, hoped the drug could help him with his PTSD, so he made an appointment at a Los Angeles ketamine therapy clinic operated by field trip health having now completed two ketamine sessions tuning says his experience at field trip has indeed helped him make progress in two sessions i am profoundly closer to my work on my ptsd tuning told recode and the treatment left me with a lot of responsibility on some new work, but very, very exciting things because I know I'm moving in the right direction towards better mental health. Field Trip, a Canadian startup, is betting others could have similar experiences. In fact, the company is so confident in the promise of these drugs that it's building 75 centers Ah. for psychedelic therapy over the next three years. 75 trip stations. Startup, huh? That sounds like full on to me. Interesting. I remember that name field trip from some article we covered a while ago. I think it was actually that same stretch of articles where we talked about that industry. I think that that was. And uh, Sybin too. I remember that. There's a few of them. Yep. They're making themselves known. It's interesting. And here's a little more about field trip. While the company had about $100 million on hand at the end of June, 
field trip is currently making less than $1 million on patient services, according to its most recent quarterly report. One of the biggest challenges for field trip is that most people don't have several thousand dollars lying around to spend on ketamine therapy. Yeah, but if the FDA were to approve a psychedelic drug for a mental health condition, insurance companies may start to cover more field trip treatments, bringing them a huge new customer base. So they want that insurance Insurance money. They want that. Yeah, that ka-ching. They want (laughs) several thousand dollars. Look, dude, yo, field trip for several thousand dollars. I can go to an epic festival. Let me tell you, I'm going to have some therapy, some psychedelic therapy. It may not be ketamine therapy. It's not my substance of choice. However, if I had to choose between going to some place in a room and doing ketamine for several thousand dollars or going to some incredible festival, having everything taken care of, I mean, for several thousand, you have a VIP experience at some festivals. You have everything taken care of food, the music therapy right music, there. You know? And then there's literally access to, you know, sky's the limit. I'm sorry. Field trip. We got to talk about this. They'll have to wait for the insurance money. To roll in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Well, let's move on to scientificamerican.com headline. Can psychedelic drugs treat physical pain? When Kevin was just 11 months old, He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which led to other health problems as he grew up. Loss of vision in his left eye and peripheral neuropathy, a painful condition caused by nerve damage. Then, in 2019, a colonoscopy revealed he had colon cancer. Feeling anxious and depressed, Kevin tried to self-medicate with psychedelics, including psilocybin, twice a week. The now 28-year-old delivery driver takes about half a gram of the currently outlawed fungi. The amount is too little psilocybin to induce a full-bone trip, but Kevin says he quickly noticed an improvement in his mental health, a result that is in line with a handful of recent studies about the drug's clinical potential. And he was pleasantly surprised to find his physical pain seemed to decrease as well Even on the days he was not taking anything. Here's a quote from Kev. A lot of anxiety and depression I was dealing with started to fade away. And then the pain in my legs started to go away. I'm feeling the lasting effects from the psilocybin on my stomach and colon pretty much all the time. That makes sense um, considering that a lot of or most physical pain also has an emotional association and chronic pain especially has emotional and mental roots and so if that's the source if you're going back and treating that source it makes sense then the physical um, symptoms of the mental and emotional um, issues will begin to clear so that would be treating the root not the symptom well it seems like people are discovering different functions of these psychedelic drugs that they have, like you said, different uh, mental reactions, which can then lead to different physical results. Okay. And here's our next article. Psypost.org headline psychedelics might reduce internalized shame and complex trauma symptoms. And those with the history of childhood abuse, 
Here we go. The use of psychedelic drugs is associated with lower levels of complex post-traumatic stress symptoms and internalized shame in adults who suffered maltreatment in childhood, according to new research published in the journal Chronic Stress. Here's a quote. There's an abundance of clinical studies of the therapeutic effects of psychedelics, but few studies have examined the therapeutic potential of psychedelic use in naturalistic non-clinical settings, said study author C.J. Healy, a PhD student at the New School for Social Research. The researchers surveyed 166 English-speaking adults regarding childhood maltreatment, post-traumatic stress symptoms, and internalized shame. The survey also asked, have you ever used a psychedelic, entheogenic, hallucinogenic substance with the intention of healing or processing childhood trauma? Approximately 93% of patients scored in the severe range on at least one of the childhood maltreatment type subscales, which is like physical, emotional, sexual, physical neglect, while approximately 31% reported a history of intentional therapeutic psychedelic use. So one third, but they are reporting that they're healing from it. It's just like, it allows you to separate your conscious three-dimensional self from the moment and sync up with your higher self and tap into that bigger picture information that might give you some insight into why you had those experience. Right. And I think it's interesting that they're studying that in a naturalistic setting. Like if you were to think that the root of looking at psychedelics for therapeutic use most likely comes from why are people taking those substances? And many of them are as, you know, their own way of trying to find, find themselves or, you know, deconstruct their lives and all of that. So does it have to be in a, you know, dental type chair with a thing over your face, you know, in a room by yourself in the dark or like, how does it work when it's in the forest? How does it work with your friends? That's interesting to look at how that therapy can be different in different settings. And now we're going to pivot to newsweek.com. We're going to talk about ghosts for a second. Here's the headline. Woman claims ghost took off her dog's collar in chilling footage seen 8 million times. Whoa. Ghosts, spirits, poltergeists, or specters, whatever you call them, there's no doubt tales of the afterlife are rife among the living. And TikToker Shani Fang, TG, all one word, seems to be having trouble with an otherworldly presence in her house, sharing a series of videos of strange goings on. She posted a trio of clips to TikTok showing a ghost in her living room with a surveillance camera with her two dogs and they're in their crates. Both mutts are ferociously barking, although no one else appears to be with them. But they both fall silent at exactly the same time and stay perfectly still. 
Out of nowhere, the black dog seems to jump backwards as it appears to be pushed into the corner with the collar mysteriously coming off from around its neck. All right, Bryn, let's take a look Whoa, at this. Are you ready? Okay, yep. We're looking at a computer screen. Here we go. Holy cow. And uh, you know, you can go to a search engine and find this. Shanny Fan, S-H-A-N-N-Y-F-A-N-T-G, Shanny Fan T-G on TikTok. Here we go. Whoa. Whoa, that's trippy. Let's watch that again. Yeah. Sorry for people who are just hearing dogs barking. There's actually uh, there's a purpose to this. Okay, so the dogs are barking. I'm just going to describe it. We've already seen this. Dogs are barking. Just like we said, they stop at the same time. They're just kind of staring at each other. They like go silent. Look at the collar. The collar. It's starting to undo itself. How is that even possible? It's unlatched itself. It unbuckled itself. It's coming off the dog. The dog oh, jumps. Dog. Oh, that just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Man. So go check that out if you want to get spooked. That's wow. interesting. And the other dog's just sitting there like, I'm just going to stay here in my crate. <sighs> okay. Now that I'm sufficiently scared, go check that out. Let's move to sciencealert.com. Headline, Earth tipped on its side 84 million years ago. New evidence suggests. Here we go. We know that true polar wander can occasionally tilt whole planets and moons relative to their axis. I didn't know that. That sounds like a really good band name, True, True Polar, Polar Wander. But it's not entirely clear just how often this has happened to Earth. Now, a new study presents evidence of one such tilting event that occurred around 84 million years ago when dinosaurs still walked the Earth. Interesting. Researchers analyzed limestone samples from Italy dating back to the late Cretaceous period which is about, what, 100 to 65 million years ago, looking for evidence of shifts in the magnetic record that would point towards an occurrence of TPW, true polar wonder. Bacteria fossils trapped in the rock forming chains of the mineral magnetite offer some of the most convincing evidence yet of TPW in the late Cretaceous. And it may help settle a scientific debate that's been going on for decades. According to the study, there was around a 12 degree tilt on Earth around 84 million years ago, which was corrected relatively quickly 
within about five million years. You know, <laughs> I, was, I thought I was going to say five minutes. <laughs> I talk about yeah, five relatively. million years. You know, five just million. you know, be patient. Within about five million years, the equivalent of a cosmic yo-yo, in the words of the researchers. What that means is that these rocks and Italy itself took a journey towards the equator before tipping back. The team says that previous studies hinting that TPW didn't happen during the late Cretaceous simply didn't gather enough data from the geological record. Something that can't be said about this latest research. You can almost hear the guy yelling. <laughs> you just didn't How study it enough. That didn't <laughs> That is one reason why it is so refreshing to see this study with its abundant and beautiful paleomagnetic data, says geophysicist Richard Gordon from Rice University in Houston, who wasn't involved in the study. So what the hell? Why is he talking about? <laughs> He's just commenting. Sources say. Okay. So let's move to wavy.com headline. Meteorite crashes down on sleeping Canadian woman's bed, missing by inches. Don't you hate when that happens? Missing what? Missing her? Who wrote that headline? Hey, here we go. A Canadian woman is thankful to be alive after a meteorite ripped through the roof of her home October 3rd, barely missing her. Oh, there we go. Finally. It all happened really quickly. Ruth Hamilton of Golden, British Columbia, told Nextstar. The dog barked, and then I think within two minutes, the meteor came crashing through my roof. Hamilton speculated that her five-year-old Australian shepherd, Toby, might have heard the meteorite passing through the atmosphere before it crashed through her tin roof around 11.35 p.m. The meteor chunk hitting the roof sounded like an explosion, but at first, Hamilton, 66, had no idea what had happened. Only that she had drywall dust all over her face and a sizable hole in the ceiling. It was only after she called 911 that she realized what happened. I flipped back the top pillow and the rock was sitting there. Oh my God. It slipped between the two pillows, she said. It didn't bounce either, so that's probably a good thing. Wow, it actually hit her pillow. I mean, her head could have been on the pillow. That's usually where your head goes. Well, uh, yeah, there's... uh That'd be pretty crazy to wake up and there's a meteorite next to you on your pillow. Hamilton is making plans for the meteorite once it's returned to her because she lent it to be studied in Calgary. She's looking forward to showing it to her grandchildren and possibly the students at her local school. I think they're really valuable as well, actually. She might have uh, just had a couple hundred thousand dollars drop into her lap or in her bed on her pillow. <laughs> you know, you never know what sa- what prayer she said that night before. <laughs> Jesus, can I have money? I need a new roof. Here you go. Can you shoot me with the space rock that's worth a lot. I don't know if she talks like that. Let's go to canoe.com. Headline. Rarest of rare cases. Man in India gets double life sentence for killing wealthy wife with snakes. <laughs> It was double the snakes, double the life sentence for a man in India who (laughs) used a viper, then a cobra to murder, not blue cobra, CBD, oh Christ, then a cobra to murder his younger wealthy wife. Suraj Kumar, 28, first attempted to kill his 25-year-old wife, Uthra, 
by letting a highly venomous viper attack her. The snake did not do what he hoped, but rather left the woman hospitalized for nearly two months, according to prosecutors. Upon her release, as she was recovering in her parents' home in Cologne, Kumar reportedly rustled up a cobra from a snake handler, which he threw at a sleeping Uthra. Oh my God. She suffered a fatal poisonous bite from it. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> okay. Kumar pleaded not guilty, but police obtained phone records that showed he was in contact with snake handlers. Oh, you guilty son of a. Yeah, that, I'm like. Oh, dude. Like, why would you do that? I mean, why not just like, you know, if it's not working out, you could just do something else leave, you know man i'm sorry about the depressing news i just had to pivot to something i didn't realize it was going to be that bad so here we go let's go to something else let's talk about cryptocurrency for right. a second jeepers criminy coindesk.com talking about a new coin headline world coin now valued at one billion dollars has grand plans to get you to gaze into the old <laughs> would you let a chrome volleyball sized sphere scan your retinas in exchange for crypto well we talked about shitcoin on the previous beyond the news so why not i'm not doing it and i wouldn't recommend you doing it but some people would say okay that's the interesting and controversial premise behind worldcoin a new project co-founded by former y combinator president sam altman depending on whom you ask worldcoin's plan might sound futuristic and cool, a little silly, or like a dystopian nightmare ripped from science fiction. When news of the project leaked to Bloomberg in June, the media response was critical. Silicon Valley, however, is excited about the project. <laughs> Worldcoin announced Thursday it raised $25 million from investors, including Andreessen Horowitz, Coinbase Ventures, holy cow, digital currency group and angel investors, including crypto billionaire, Sam Bankman freed and Reed Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn. The company is currently valued at 1 billion. According to some of the company's prediction models, Worldcoin thinks over a billion people will have gazed into the orb by 2023. What is the point of the orb? I think well, here we go. Grand plans. According to WorldCoin, 130,000 people around the world have already gazed into the orb in a crypto twist on universal basic income. They don't actually say what they're doing with the retina scans, though. <laughs> That's what? what I'm interested in. So WorldCoin, which is built as a layer two system that works on the Ethereum network, has a cap of 10 billion WorldCoins. Blania told Coindesk that 8 billion of those will be distributed globally. The company's stated goal is to give WorldCoin to every human on earth, while 2 billion WorldCoin will be reserved for the soon-to-be-set-up WorldCoin Foundation and for investors. Interesting. So... Huh. There's kind of like, they don't... They don't really... They're like, hey, everybody, why don't you just, just scan, into the orb. Scan, scan your retinas for crypto? It's fine. We're going to give it to you for free. It's fine. It's just your retinas. Yeah, it's fine. What no, are they no, doing no. with that? Why do they want that? Well, what data are they garnishing from that? Okay. Yeah, especially when their goal is every... We're going to give one to everyone. We want every retina. Why? 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 
Hey, let's go to news.yahoo.com. Headline with 3D printed stakes, Spanish startup eyes the mass market. <laughs> As demand for plant based alternatives to meat rises, Barcelona based startup Nova Meat is using its 3D printing technology to manufacture vegetarian steaks that it hopes will reach the mass market next year. Okay, that makes me feel even a little bit better, though. I was wondering about 3D printed. Nova Meat plans to sell its steaks directly to consumers and to businesses such as restaurants interested in producing plant-based meat. Business development manager Alexandre Campos told Reuters on Tuesday. The Spanish company, which developed its technology in 2018, was showing how its latest 3D printer produced food at Barcelona's Mobile World Congress. Here's a quote. It didn't have the feeling of a traditional steak, but I was positively surprised because I did not expect that the texture would be so well achieved, said Farhan Gregori after trying one of the steaks printed at Nova Meat Stand at the world's largest telecoms gathering. The company uses 3D technology to test recipes, introducing ingredients through capsules because it is a cheaper process than mass producing, Campos said. Once a model is considered successful, it could then be produced on a larger scale in bigger machines not using 3D technology, manufacturing up to 500 kilograms of fake meat per hour, he added. Wow, that's a lot. Campos said the startup's aim had been to recreate the muscle fibers of animal meat by using 100% plant-based ingredients. He forecast the plant-based industry would keep growing at double-digit rates in the foreseeable future. The company also said it was producing the fake meat for environmental reasons. Wow. So more uh, beyond, beyond the news, beyond burgers. <laughs> You know, let's talk about our old friend Ram Dass, who bailed just before this COVID stuff started. He was out of here, did all the work, and right up to the very end, it was like, uh, it was in the end of 2019, he passed away. He left this dimension. He's still with us. But if you're familiar with uh, the American Marvel Comics movies, you might have heard of the Captain Marvel movie, which was starring Brie Larson. And she's had some other roles as well. This is from Deadline.com. Brie Larson and filmmaker Elijah Alon Blitz developing limited series based on the life of spiritual teacher Ramdas. After landing the life rights to being Ramdas, Elijah Alon Blitz, Brie Larson, and Brian Grazer are producing a limited series based on the late American spiritual teacher, psychologist, and author Ramdas's life. His Love Serve Remember Foundation leaders Raghu Marcus and Rameshwar Das will both take on executive producer roles. Well, that's really interesting. I love that they're keeping that dude in the limelight. He needs to always be in the limelight. For sure. It's good that uh, people who have been close to him are doing the producing. So it doesn't perhaps maybe won't get too Hollywooded. Or, you know, I think it's a documentary as well, but sensationalized for yeah, sure. Sensationalized. Here, here's a quote from the producer. The last time I saw Ram Das, we talked about bringing his story to a larger audience. And that's when he gave me his blessing to create the show. Oh, cool. Awesome. Most recently, 
the pair of producers won an Emmy for their production, The Messy Truth, The VR Experience. Okay. Doss's life rights are held by the Love Serve Remember Foundation. Interesting. He has life rights. He's gone, but he has his rights to life are up for sale to the highest bidder. No, I'm just kidding, people. Come on. His family deserves. Yeah. Anyways. So let's go to a funny story. This is from ladbible.com. L-A-D, ladbible.com. Headline, man lived with phone in his stomach for half a year. Good Lord, that phone looks half digested. A man who complained of abdominal pains was found to have a mobile phone lodged inside his stomach. The man rocked up to Aswan University Hospital in the south of Egypt and doctors treated him for intestinal and abdominal infections. However, they were stunned to discover the cause of the problems on an x-ray, which showed a mobile phone lodged in his stomach. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like one of those Nokia phones. He like swallowed it. The Nokia phones from like 2005 or seven or somewhere around there. Perhaps even more stunning still, the man then confessed that he had swallowed the device half a year ago, but had been too embarrassed to admit himself to hospital. Instead, just hoped that he would pass it naturally. Like one day he would just look and there would be his Oh my God. (laughs) Six months later, he's like, my stomach hurts. This was wishful thinking though, as he ended up being admitted for emergency surgery to treat life-threatening injuries. It is currently unclear why or indeed how he swallowed the mobile phone. Those are my two questions. Why and how? (laughs) Okay. The doctors who did the surgery, the leader was Dr. Talaku and his team used a camera to locate the whereabouts of the phone before spending two hours extracting it via the same route it got there, the mouth. The doctor said the patient clearly must have swallowed the phone intentionally, but again, the patient had offered no explanation. Wow. He's like, I don't want to tell you about it. Just get it out, okay? I, I, <laughs> I did not want anyone to find the phone. He's from India. Okay, so LiveScience.com, again, love these guys. Headline. Oldest ghost drawing discovered on Babylonian exorcism tablet. Here we go. A museum curator has discovered the oldest known ghost drawing on a 3,500-year-old ancient Babylonian tablet that also includes instructions for how to exorcise the unwanted spirit. We need to talk to James Cloud. I need to show him this. Archbishop James Cloud, episode 13. The drawing on a clay tablet depicts a seemingly grumpy bearded male ghost being led to the underworld on a rope by a woman. A ritual engraved alongside the sketch explains that the solution for removing pesky male ghosts is to give them a lover. (laughs) While examining ghost-related tablets in the vaults of the British Museum in London, Irving Finkel a senior curator in the museum's Middle East department discovered the drawing and translated the accompanying ritual. Here's a quote. This ritual would be enacted, I think, in the case of a persistent domestic, probably family ghost 
who was getting really beyond a joke and lots of people were being startled and didn't want it to go on any longer. Finkel told Live Science. So that was just like a family member that died that was still kind of being a pain in the ass. And uh, they were just over it. They're like, okay, you're, uh, you, you already died. Like, can you just, you can you go to the next dimension? All right, we, your jokes were funny. They're still funny, but you, you know, time to go. Here's a tablet. The tablet likely came from an exorcist library or a temple. A master craftsperson likely created the rare drawing, Finkel said, as clay is an unforgiving medium to draw on and requires tremendous skill. Amazing. Wow. So, you know, they were dealing with ghosts back then. We need to show this to Dale Kasmerick, the ghost hunter. He would think this is fascinating. So we just have a few more stories left and we're going to focus on Jesus in a weird way. This is a little depressing story and we're going to cap it off with the good stories. As we always do, we like to end on a high note. This is from dailymail.co.uk. Headline, Zambian prophet who believed he could recreate the resurrection of Jesus dies after getting his followers to bury him alive for three days. Well, they forgot to leave him in an air hole. Here we go. Here's the story. A pastor in Zambia has died after an attempt to recreate the resurrection of Jesus failed, and he was left tied up and buried underground for three days. James Sakara, 22, was found dead after being dug back up in the Zambian town of Chadiza in the country's eastern province. Sakara, the pastor of the Zion Church in the town, had convinced his congregation that he could resurrect in three days, mimicking Jesus Christ, and requested he be buried beneath the earth. He had assistance from his congregation tie his hands together and bury him alive, where he remained for three days. Upon returning to dig the pastor back up, his congregation discovered his lifeless body and attempted to conduct spiritual rituals. Ah, I bet they were super bummed. However, when Sakara remained lifeless, his following realized his resurrection attempt had proved fruitless. The three church members who volunteered to assist the pastor with his recreation, one of them has handed himself over to the police. The other two assistants are still wanted and believed to be on the run. Wow. It's interesting. The pastor left behind a young wife who is pregnant. Oh, man. According to report, should they be charged with being an assistant to manslaughter? I'm not sure because it would they look at that as a suicide? I just don't know. Right. If he's like, come on, bury me. That's what, you know, like if they felt like this was some religious experience and they needed to bury him as part of his completion. Are they guilty of they anything? They just should have left one air hole. Come on. One you, air hole. They, uh, the cave, Jesus's cave, where they, the rock covered the cave. I guarantee you there were air holes. It was not hermetically sealed. Okay. They might have said, can you do this after, maybe after your baby is born? Maybe just, I don't know, try it later. This is from dailymail.co.uk again. Headline, mosaic floors from the 1,500-year-old lost Church of the Apostles built over the homes of Jesus's disciples, Peter and Andrew are discovered in Israel. They found their old houses. That's interesting. Here we go. 
archaeologists excavating a Byzantine period structure in biblical Bethesda believe they have found new evidence proving the ancient ruins are of the long-lost Church of the Apostles. The team unearthed a stunning mosaic flooring made of tiny yellow, red, and orange tiles that bear two inscriptions written in ancient Greek. The flooring, dating back 1,500 years, mentions a deacon and a building project along with a half-medallion and words of the bishop according to a press release. Much of the text is missing, but DailyMail.com translated part of the ancient language to read in the years of our master, his holiness, or bishop. Not only could the find prove the existence of the legendary church, but it would lead the team to the location of the home of Jesus's famed apostles, Peter and Andrew, as the church of the apostles was said to have been built atop their residence. Wow. That would be pretty exciting to find if you were digging in the dirt and you found that beautiful mosaic of tiny tiles. Wow. Yeah. And then it had some deep historical significance or it could have just been somebody's kitchen floor. (laughs) They were just big fans, you know, so they were like, I'm going to make my kitchen floor look like this. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. But the ruins, however, fit the account of St. Wildebald, a native of England and the Bavarian Bishop of Eichstätt, who visited the area around 725 AD during a pilgrimage and said that a church at Bethesda had been built on the site of Peter and Andrew's home. According to Wildewald, says AVM, Bethesda lay between the biblical sites of Capernaum and Cursey. It is believed the church was destroyed by an earthquake in 749 AD and was mysteriously buried by the seismic event. And from then, the Church of Apostles was lost and eventually forgotten. But now they say they found it. That's absolutely amazing. Another historical find. Just like there's still pyramids to be discovered in ancient Egypt. There's still pyramids buried under the sand. The Great Pyramid of Giza was once buried under the sand. A lot of the pyramids were, including the Sphinx. And here's one more to go out on a high note. Just showing that, you know, people spiritually evolve. And they're not trapped in a box. This is from thechristianpost.com. And here's the headline. Nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. Hey. Hey. Nearly 70% of born-again Christians disagree with the biblical position that Jesus is the only way to God. According to a new survey from Probe Ministries, a nonprofit that seeks to help the church in renewing the minds of believers with a Christian worldview. The survey, which looked at religious beliefs and attitudes toward cultural behaviors, polled 3,106 Americans ages 18 to 55 from all religious groups, including 717 respondents who identified as born-again Christians. The survey found that among the top reasons given by born-again Christians for not telling others about their faith is the acceptance of pluralisms. The study also showed in general that while a majority of America's self-identified Christians, including many who identified as evangelical, believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is the creator of the universe, 
More than half reject a number of biblical teachings and principles, including the existence of the Holy Spirit. Strong majorities were also found to errantly believe that all religious faiths are of equal value. People are basically good and that people can use acts of goodness to earn their way into heaven. The study further showed that majorities don't believe in moral absolutes, consider feelings, experience, or the input of friends and families as their most trusted sources of moral guidance and say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. Wow. Interesting. So, you know, not every Christian is a McDonald's by the book, rigid Christian. They want to be Christ-like. They love the Jesus story. They love Jesus. They want to just do the good work here. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And I don't think if you don't follow certain belief guidelines that somehow you're not Christian. Again, you think of the suffix T-I-A-N. It means like. So you want to be a Christian. You want to be Christ-like. And you're living it. So as long as you have the faith and you're living it, you're there. And that's what they believe. I believe that too. Well, and that would inherently be Christ-like to accept that other people's faiths and views would be just as acceptable. Yeah, I think that that's really the... <laughs> that would be kind of the whole point. The right? only thing that really kind of... <laughs> I don't ever want to sign on for one belief structure, but I'm really attracted to Christianity. However, I can't sync up with the fact that there's only one path. There's only one way. You're right. Everyone else is wrong. And I just don't believe that. And I love the Jesus story. I'm resonant with the Christ consciousness, but I just can't go all in in the sense that there's only one way and that's it. So there you go. But Brad, what did you there think you of go. this beyond the news episode? We covered a lot of things. We talked about different developments. Psychedelic industry is developing. UFOs that are continuously being seen. There's new developments. Yeah, you uh, dug up all sorts of great stories and a lot of continuation. There's still, you know, more stories coming out that about aliens. There's more development into psychedelic research. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. There's a lot of continuity. Interesting to see it. You know, every time you do these episodes, the way that these articles right. are continuing to come up and being pushed into the. The gen, gen, just to be pushed into the general consciousness as well. Wow. Again yeah. and again. So, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, it really needs, well, that's why we do these episodes to shed light on these things. You're not going to see a lot of this stuff. I was going to say, you're not really CNN or yeah. your mainstream news sources or even your alternative news sources. I really have to dig to find this stuff, but that's why it's here. You come to this beyond the news episode to get these stories to get things that are in the news, but yet beyond the news. <laughs> and I do want to tell people one more time before we go that you have to go to bluecobracbd.com. You have to send an email to Howard hit to get your free bottle, including shipping, get your free bottle. This is the final week. This is the final week of this offer. You have to get your bottle of Blue Cobra CBD oil, 100% organic, 100% Oregon grow hemp. Everything about it is amazing. Naturally extracted, the pit extraction method. You can get one bottle for free. All you have to do is email Howard Hit at bluecobracbd at gmail.com. Very even, simple. 
You don't even have to like answer a trivia question or anything? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just provide him with a valid shipping address that's within the 48 continental states of the United States. Yes, it's incredibly generous of him. I'm shocked. I can't believe it. I think he's starting to come too. He was a little out of it. I'm not sure what's going on. He might have had a psychedelic experience. You know, maybe. You mean just choosing to. Yeah, just, just randomly give all his things away. <laughs> he was having a moment of extreme spirituality. Perhaps some of the DMT activated in his brain. And then he felt the urge to give, to share this healing energy of his nice completely guy. unique product. So please try this. Please go get your free bottle. Get a free bottle. Get a free bottle. BlueCoverCBD at gmail.com. Email him BlueCoverCBD.com. Okay, that's all. I'm done talking about that. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for joining us for this Beyond the News episode. We will see you next week. Thanks, Jake, for having me. Goodbye, everyone. Midnight on Earth. 